Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank all our listeners out there who's been listening and tuning in. We got individuals all over the country. I just got back from Norway spreading the gospel of the kingdom of God. And God has been doing a lot of great work. We're in 21 different countries out there. We are all in the United States at 95 to 96% listeners. And we want to thank you for each and every one of you as you continue to tune in and listening to what the spirit of him and the promise of our God, the promise of our Father has to offer us. We're going to get right into it because I got some things that I want to cover. And I thank God for blessing us. Continue to pray for our spiritual cuts leaders. And I want to thank them for such an outstanding job, for continue to ministry in my absence and, and even doing what God called him to do in his presence. And we want to thank God for each and every one of you who've been participating and been coming along and understanding his words of eternal life because God is doing such a thing in the earth. He says that if you understand what I'm doing now, your blessings is right around the corner because I begin to get you, I'm beginning to get you to believe in what I'm speaking, what I've been spoken, what has been spoken all this time. So I just want to thank you for tuning in and continue to pray for the ministry. We are working on going live with the ministry and I ask that you continue to pray for us and you'll be seeing us in appearance, not just in voice and over the airways, but you'll be able to see us in the appearance of who we are, who we are as the sons and the daughters of God. I want to thank all the ladies out there and all the spiritual cuts leaders, women and young ladies out there who doing the work of the ministry and continue to stay bold in your teaching and doing what God called you to do. Without further ado, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia, and we're going to get right into it. Let us go to scriptures and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 5. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 5 and we're going to start at verse 18. <laughs> and it reads, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. Come on. Huh? So all the days of Jared were 962, 962 years and he died. Verse 21 is where I was trying to get to. And Enoch live. Um, and Enoch lived 65, 65 and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. And for God took him Come on. And for God took him. Glory be to God. Not because he was a bad person and he did something wrong, but God took him because he walked with God. Hey, glory. Can you imagine just walking and fellowshipping with God in the presence of the person that you're walking with is speaking back to you as a person in your presence? Can you imagine the relationship of Enoch? Come on. Walk with God. So I'll tag this or title this, 65 years of age is a blessing. 65 years of age 
is a blessing. Huh? Full retirement age, also called normal retirement age, was 65 for many years. In 1983, Congress passed a law to, uh, to gradually raise the age because people are living longer and are generally, generally healthier in their old age. The law raised the full retirement age beginning with people born in 1983 or later. The retirement age gradually increased by a few months for every birth year until it reaches 67 for people born in 1960 and later. However, on the other hand, if you choose to, as an individual, the earliest a person can receive or start receiving Social Security retirement benefits will be and remain at the age of 62. So in essence, and in retrospect, being 65 years of age is a blessing. Come on. But you need to know that this message is not, uh, not, is not, no, is nowhere being discussed about a retirement plan at the age of 65. So in other words, this is message is not dealing with no age of 65 receiving a retirement plan and neither being 62 for receiving your social security benefits. This semantic presentation is about us coming from out of uh, the mindset of retirement. Because the majority of people who have a discussion on retirement, somewhere in that conversation, the words death or dying or living my life out until the fullest, until I die, huh, comes up shortly. You always know when retirement comes, you know, they always have that ending conversation. You know what I mean? I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to enjoy everything I got. I ain't leaving them kids nothing. Huh? You know how we are. You know how we are sometimes. But the blessings is that we should leave an inheritance. And it's not about leaving an inheritance to our kids. The truth of the matter, we should be here with the inheritance with our kids. Huh? So you know we ain't going to get into that because that's not the message. So this message on being 65 years of age is a blessing. It's not targeted toward those who want to, want to and have a desire to retire and live out their last days and to, to the fullest and then die and go to heaven. This message is about retiring from death. And breaking the bondage and breaking the yoke of bondage we have been in all our lifetime. Come on. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, 15 teaches us, inasmuch as the children he have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, who Christ himself shared in the flesh and blood, in the same that through death. He might destroy him, who? The devil, who? The devil. And the last enemy to be destroyed, who? Death, the devil. So he's participated in death that we may be in a place. In the next verse in Hebrews 2, verse 15, and that he might release these and release those and release us who through the fear of death, who were all our lifetime subject to bondage, shy go. 
See, the retirement plan itself puts you in bondage without you even recognizing because you recognize that in retirement, I'm getting close to the grave. I'm getting close to closing my eyes. Huh? And retirement was never set up for you to close your eyes. You don't believe it? Enoch was 65 years old, and we just read he walked with God. Come on. This verse tells me, and it should insinuate to you, that Christians and believers and those who are, are 65 years and older and plus many of the younger generation, because of the 65 years and older generation, has passed the fear of death. And the fear of the bondage of death down to the next generation and the cycle and the fear of death has ushered many Christians and believers and saints of God to only focus and look forward to a happier life after retirement and then die and go to heaven and think they are doing God a service. By retiring, and then dying after receiving their pension. By dying and receiving their social security. By dying and receiving their retirement benefits. They think they're doing God a service because God blessed them with a little few dollars of fixed income. Actually, what it only does, and most people, not everybody, some people prepare for their retirement and they do great and they do well. And I honor y'all for doing that. But I want you to know you, I honor you because your next thing that you think after all this rejoicing and fullness of life through what you retired and worked all your life, the fruits of your labor that you receive, you are actually rejoicing, but now you're encountering something you've been in bondage for, for your lifetime, which was death itself. Come on. You got to get me out of this. Whether you recognize this or not, this next statement that I'm about to say, it is on you whether you do or not. But you need to know that those who prepare themselves for retirement are actually preparing themselves for death. Come on. I know I'm going to lose a lot of my friends and my relationship with my loved ones and all these people that I know are over 16, over 65 and enjoying their retirement. I'm not trying to take that from you because I think you should rejoice and I think you should elevate your relationship with your walk with God because God gave you the health and the strength to walk with him for 65 years or however many years you are receiving your retirement check at because there are earlier ages in the military and in different branches, but I want you to know that God had a plan for your life before retirement came up in a plan that your life you're in. Now, let me say this. I'm not against the retirement benefits plan. I'm against the notion of the retirement plan that entails death to the persons who look forward to enjoying the fruits of their labor that they so rightly deserve. And these people think that they are doing God a service by planning their retirement and their funeral and their death at the end of their retirement. Look what the scripture says about what God believes about retirement. Hmm? 
in Ezekiel. You know where I was going. Don't act like you don't know. You're part of this ministry, and that's what we do here. Huh? We recite, we receive, and we understand where to go to find out what we're talking about. Because we'll never give you scriptures, or uh, we'll never give you a message of the scriptures without the scriptures being a message. Amen? So in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31 and 32, it says, Cast away from all, your, the, all the transgressions you have committed. Even you who are looking forward to your death after enjoying your retirement at the end of the age of 65. And God says, get yourself a new heart and a new spirit after you retire. Get yourself a new mind and a new body after you retire. He says, get yourself 18 inches from your heart to your mind, a place where I can abide in the house that is made without hands, the body of God as the temple. He says, now get yourself a new heart in Ezekiel 18, verse 31 and 32. Huh? And he says, look here. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Why should you plan to die after you retire, O house of whosoever moved church? Why should you die? At the age of 65, after retiring, why would you want to think like that if you got a God who is the God of everything, the heavens and the earth? He's the creator of all. You are 65 years old and enjoying your retirement. Although you are 65, now it's time to get yourself a new heart and a new mind and a new spirit from God. And let me put this out here just in case I don't get to say it. Some of us are less than age of 65. Some of us greater than the age of 65. Being greater or lesser, this message is for us in the third and the fourth generation of our children's children. So if we began to change our language about retirement and our language about going to heaven and then dying and fulfill everything, we can change the mindset of generations to come. Huh? Because that's the plan and that's the trick, my brothers and sisters of the enemy. Get yourself a new heart and a new mind and a new spirit. God said, get rid of some of these speeches that we've been having. Why? It is this, this is important because this is important to God. God asks a question, and this question he's asking is very important to him as our God. Look what he says in the scriptures. He says, for why should you die, Christians and believers? Why should you die and plan your retirement to die? Huh? This is important to him. As God, he said, in, in, in Ezekiel, huh, verse 18, in Ezekiel 18, 32, he says, For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died, says God. Therefore, turn and live forever. Come on. Huh? That sounds like a retirement plan within a retirement plan. Hmm? And I'm not against, like I said a minute ago, you retire. I'm against that your mindset has went into retirement to the grave. Come on. We've been released from the bondage of the grave. 
that we've been in bondage all our lifetime. This message was heavy to me when I was preparing it because I realized this group of people is the group that is causing those who don't believe in the eternal glory of God to die because they're giving them the false information. Jay glory that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised. Being 65 years of age is a blessing. Whether we want to know that or not, I lost my mother at an early age, and it took something from out of me. And I always wonder what it would be like if she was here today. Tigor, if she was to see her son, he, doing the will of God after speaking the words of eternal life in my life. And what, I, I didn't even know my mama was a prophetess. Speaking, God got something in store for you, son. Hey, glory, don't give up. And I kept those words for years. Hey, she didn't make it, but she prophesied for me too. And I thank God for the way he did what he did because it was a purpose in him taking her home to glory. And thank you, mama. I know you see me doing this message right now, looking out my window in Alpharetta, George. Hey, glory, 4610, Mossbrook Circle. And I just want to thank God for so many years and for so many generations we have been taught that we, we, we all have to die and go to heaven as Christians. Uh, huh? And Christians, people say this all the time. You know, Christians and believers and the saints of God say this all the time. However, by them saying this give the person or the people of God comfort in their heart by thinking they are going huh, or doing God a servant. But Christians, but Christ taught us different. Christ taught us about this here. And it's amazing what Christ teaches us when you start to get in the spirit of God and allow for the spirit of him and the promise of our father to be your lead. I listen to a song that says, Spirit, lead me. And I tell you, that song takes me to another level in another place because it's allowed for the spirit of God to lead me. Hey, glory. My brothers, I want you to realize, but Christ taught us this is not true. What is not true, Brother Dean? This is not true by them saying that we all have to die and that tomorrow is not promised. All this is not true by thinking that they are doing God a service by allowing for their retirement to bring them into a place where death abides. My brothers and I want you to know, but Christ taught us that there is another way that we can retire in. Plus, we just read, we just read in Ezekiel 18, 31 through 32, that God has no pleasure in the death of the one who died. So the retirement plan and looking forward to your death is not a part of his plan. Huh? So in John 15. Verse 26, I wanted to start there, but I'm getting, I'm trying to get to John 16, verse 1. But I want to tell you about the spirit of truth. So let's go to John 15, verse 26 and 27, and it reads, 
But when the helper come, hey, sounds like somebody going to help us when he come. He's going to help us when we retire. He's going to help us when we come. He says, when his helper come, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceed from out of God, the Father, he will testify of me as Christ. Man, this is heavy. And you also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I always thought he was talking to his disciples when he said that. But God revealed to me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth without form, and void darkness on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over him. And God said, let us make man, and let us make man in our image, and in the image of God, he made a man and a woman out of his spirit. So when he says, and you also I bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning, he made us and created us on the sixth day from a body that was made without a hand. So therefore, he's telling us when the spirit of truth comes to us, it is going to abide in us forever and it's going to testify of Christ who made a way for us to be in the eternal glory of the Father to know that the retirement plan is a trick of the enemy when you add to that you're going to live out your last days and plan your funeral. That's a lie from the pits of hell. But God said, hey, glory. He said, I have no pleasure in the one who retires and dies. But I have the pleasure in the one who retires and change their retirement plan to my plan where they never retire. Hey, glory. And you have heard this from God from the beginning. The spirit of truth has been denied the power thereof because of the incorrect teaching of the word of God. And the spiritual church leaders think they are doing God a service by teaching we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all is not going to be here forever. But in John 16, where I was trying to get to, verse 1 says, Christ is teaching. And Christ says to us, these things I have spoken to you about the spirit of truth that proceed forth from out of God, that you should not stumble. You should not made to be stumbled. In other words, don't be ignorant to the spirit of truth that proceeds forth from out of God. Because the witness of men or the witness of bishops or the witness of popes or the witness of priests or the witness of apostles and the witness of pastors and preachers and the witness of all those who've been teaching us mama them, daddy them, huh? All this witness that they say we all have to die is not greater than the witness of God who said, I promise you eternal life. High glory. Because man teaching will cause us to stumble and fall. John 16, 1 through 2, 1 and 2 says, so Christ said in John 1 says, these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. 
They will. Who is the Dane? Christ is talking about spiritual church leaders, popes, priests. He's talking about popes and priests and apostles and bishops. They will. Pastors and preachers, they will. Teachers and ministers, they will. Cousins and friends, they will. Husbands and fathers, they will. Wives and mothers, they will. Sons and daughters, they will. Watch this here. Be the greatest influence on our spiritual beliefs toward God in Christ. Although scriptures clearly say that we should study to show ourselves the approval of God, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. So Christ's teaching recommends that this is what we need to do individually because in John 16.2 says, they Gotta watch out for them day. They say, don't mess with Judge Delahousie down there in Franklin, Louisiana with Judge Delahousie. Well, who is they say? Where they say at? When they say get here, I'm going to lock them up like I'm about to lock you up. Now tell they say on your one phone call what they said. <laughs> so you got to watch out with they. Those who are spiritual church leaders will put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the house of God that is made without hands. Because the time is coming. Whoever kills you, the teaching that they're telling you, we all have to die. Tomorrow is not promised. They will kill you, put you from out of the synagogue, not the building, but the house of God that he created on the sixth day that he made without hands. Whoever teaches you that you are not, you are not going to be here tomorrow has already denied the power of God. Whoever kills you and whoever teaches you, we all have to die tomorrow's not promised, and, and we all is not going to be here forever, will think that he or she, as a spiritual church leader, as a pope, as a bishop, as a priest, as a prophet, as a pastor, preacher, they think they are doing God's service. Hmm? I thought I was doing God's service. When I was rendering that in my early years of preaching, in my early years of ministering, in my early years of ignorance, in my early years of not knowing, having the knowledge of the kingdom of the glory of God, I thought I was doing God a service by walking around saying, oh yeah, we all have to die tomorrow's not promised, man. We all got to go that route, huh? Because I was repeating what I heard, and what I heard, that what I repeated without researching the scriptures, because the scriptures say if you search the scriptures and think you might have eternal life, you would testify of God, of Christ, huh? He says you would testify of the spirit of truth. I oh, got to get out of there. They say they think they're doing God a service. So if they think they're doing God a service and teaching we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. And God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies. That can be the same will that God has for you and I. Because the will of God is found in John chapter 6, verse 39 and 40. It tells us the will of God is that he give us eternal life through his eternal son, Christ. This is the will of God, our glory. So therefore, something has to change about us being at the age or close in the proximity of the age of 65. 
My birthday coming up Tuesday. I'm knocking right on the door of 60. I'm 59 and feeling fine. I'm telling you, I tell you, I think I'm going to drink me a bottle of wine. Uh-oh, I can't say that over the radio. I'm going to take a glass. <laughs> I ain't going to do the whole bottle. You ain't going to know, but I ain't going to do the whole bottle. You know, uh, ain't nobody going to better tell on me. But on my birthday, I'm feeling fine at 59. But my testimony is this. I am 59 years old and not afraid to testify of the testimony of Christ about living forever and not dying. That is powerful. And I found out when I studied many years ago about Enoch, God, who walked with God. I got to get out of that because God was telling Enoch, I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died, Enoch. And it goes on in John 16, verse 3, and says, and for this reason, huh, I want you to realize the reason for this is because Christ explains in the next verse why people are the way they are. <laughs> The bishops and the pastors and the preachers and the popes, this is the, why they are the way they are and why they teach what they teach. So let's go to verse 3 in John 16. And it says, and these things Christ was teaching, they would do to you, they would teach you, they would tell you, and they would command this telling to you out of the commandments of men. They would tell you that we all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised. And if anybody tell you, you can live forever in this body, in this flesh, they are the devil. And the devil is the one who calling someone the devil when God said, I made a body, I took the same body. Huh? From out of Jeremiah 18, the same body, the same vessel, again, another, and made the same vessel. Get going. Come on. So when you begin to understand the scriptures, you begin to understand God. When God started to reveal himself to you, he began to reveal his secrets. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, huh, that the secret things belongs to God. Anything, anything that is revealed is come from out of God's secret, and we should share it with our children and our children's children. So the secret things of God comes from out of the revelation knowledge of God being who he is through his son Christ. So Christ teaches us what God gave him as a secret. So it, reveals to, it is revealed to us through having a relationship with Christ. If you just have a relationship with Jesus, you are not revealed who Christ is. Even Jesus had to pray at the age of 30 to get the revelation knowledge of Christ through the baptism. So when he prayed, God says, now he's ready. He's ready for the spirit of Christ. So he sent the bread in Matthew 3. He sent the bread in Luke 3. He sent the bread of eternal life down to glory to be with the son who prayed for the secrets. See, Jesus prayed for the secrets, and yet we still think Jesus is the secret that we pray for. I got to get out of that. So John 16 tells us, and this is why they do what they do, and they think they're doing God a service. These things they will do to you because they have not known the Father, nor me as the Christ. Hmm.
Ephesians 4.20 says, You have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. So even Jesus had to learn the truth about Christ to get to God. Because the scripture says what it says, and it means what it says. It says no one can come to God except through Christ. Even Jesus had to go through Christ to get to God. So therefore, Jesus didn't have the secret, although he came from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that he came from was the same flesh that we were in, that we are in when we came to our mother's womb. So if he came through a mother's womb, he lost we had when we lost what we had when Adam lost what he, we had when God gave it to him. So Jesus had to go through the process as well. My God, I got to get out of that so let's move for And they think they will do your service because they're teaching you something they have not learned of the Father. I got to get out of that before I lose all my friends. You have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. Most Christians and believers and spiritual church leaders have learned everything about Jesus. But not that many have learned the spirit of God in the spirit of Christ. In John 16, Christ tells us and teaches us why that most people haven't learned him. And he says in John 16, verse 4, And these things I have told you, that when the time has come, you may remember that I told you them. See, you though, see, you thought I made this up on my own, all by myself. No, the scriptures teaches you what they are doing in the things that are taking place and that we need to do something different, my brothers and sisters, because God wants you and I to be where he wants us to be. We want me and you to be in the place to do something different for his glory. His glory magnifies who he is as God. Show me your glory, Father. Fill me with your spirit, your light. Show me the glory of who you are, Father. Show me your secret things. Share them with the Spiritual Cuts Ministry in the promise of our Father podcast. Spread your knowledge in the earth today, Father. And we give you glory in advance. Hey, glory. I got to get out of that. I told you I was going to try to stay cool. You got to watch out for that cool cat. That cool cat ain't going to get you where you need to be at. But I tell you what, when God pour his spirit up on you, you're going to no longer be cool. You're going to have the knowledge of the spirit of God. It's the promise that he promised us. And these things I have told you in John 6, 4. And these things Christ have told you that when the time has come, the time is now. My brothers, the time is now. My sister, the time is now. My fellow, my fellow servants, the time is now. Huh? That you may remember that Christ said that they would put you out the house the synagogue and think they're doing God a service when they tell you you have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all won't be here forever. They think they're doing God a service. I hope somebody hear this message and, and, and it resonate with them the way it resonate with me. But now the word of God is spoken it, speaking it in your hearing. And now you can go back and search the scriptures for, your, for yourself, and that you may think you have eternal life. And these things, and these are they, 
who? Us. That are testifying of Christ. In John 5, 39, 40. When you began to know that you have eternal life, it doesn't matter whether you're 65 years age or older or 65 years age or under. Because the fact of the matter, I am so uh, elated uh, huh, or excited about just knowing that I can live forever. I have the opportunity to do what they did in Genesis, what they did in the beginning when God started his creation. You have the opportunity to do what they did in Genesis when God started his creation, when God created us in his image and after his likeness in the body that was made without hands on the sixth day out of his body into that body that he made from the celestial and the terrestrial from his two sons Christ from Jesus and the Holy Spirit because Jesus wasn't on the scene yet. Jesus was birthed out of the word that was named the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit was the word before it was named. And Jesus wasn't on the scene in the beginning when the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit came up on the sixth day and God said, boom, look at me, how I am. 46 chromosomes in my image as God. High glory. When I want a male to come out, I put 23 Y chromosomes over here. When I want a female to come out, I put an X chromosome of 23 over there. And it'll be in my image. My brothers and my sister, you are right now in the image. At the age of 65 is a blessing. Because at the age you are, and you may not even be near 65. High glory. You're in the image of God. High glory. That makes me, I got I got I got I got I got I got, I got, I got to calm down. But now the word of God is speaking these things in your hearing. He wants you to know that eternal life is real. We have to realize that. I want to say this because I don't want to forget it. What if we start teaching our children? What if the older generation get out their own mindset and tell them, oh, this is hurting that. I got all kind of aches and pain in my body. But you know something? But the devil is alive. I found out in Romans chapter 8, verse 23 and 24, we are waiting on the redemption of our bodies through the spirit of the God and the spirit of Christ as God in us. So therefore, you just keep on aching. <laughs> and I'm going to keep on believing in the eternal glory for the redemption of my body. Being 65 years of age is a blessing. I want us to know that. Let's go back to Enoch in Genesis, <clears throat> chapter 5, verse 18 to 24. Enoch lived 65 years. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. You do know that Enoch's son, Methuselah's son, lived for 969 years. Now, when I was unlearned in the spirit of Christ and very versatile in my learning in the spirit of Jesus, I would say that Methuselah being 969 years old, well beyond the years of 65, when his daddy Enoch produced him from his seed as a child, and to be exact, after Methuselah turned 65 years, he went on to live 900 and four years after. Come on. I want you to know and that most people can't even fathom remotely coming close to living that long. 
And there's a reason for that. Because our mindset has been changed. And even the scriptures changed back in Genesis. In Genesis, if it was Noah, it was with one of them. Go back and search the scriptures. He changed it to 120 years when he wiped the earth out. But he didn't change. He changed the years of life, expectancy in the flesh. He could never change the life expectancy in the spirit because God is spirit. And whoever worships God in spirit has to live like God. Hey. And God lives forever. And Christ abides and lives forever. And the word that lives in you is forever. So the 120 years expectancy is for those in the flesh. But for those in the spirit, they can even pass up uh, a Methuselah. I thought Methuselah was the oldest person to ever live, and the devil is alive. Hey, glory. But as I kept reading, huh? As I kept reading, I realized that he wasn't. And I know most people can't fathom even remotely coming close to living that long. I had a young man I briefly met the other day, which Friday, to be exact, he bluntly come out of his mouth and said he didn't think he would make it past 45 to 50 years old. Come on. And I was just having a general conversation with him. And I saw him rubbing his knee, and I said, boy, you know, I just told you about the Mexican pain. I said, boy, you, boy, I tell you, huh, it's kind of strange when you get a little age on you, huh? He said, yeah. He said, I ain't expect to make it for 40 55. I'm 60 years old now. And on the other hand, this is what he spoke. When I was unlearned of Christ, I thought and used to repeat what I heard from other people. Huh? That was... That was that that was Melchizedek. Medici- excuse me, excuse me, I said Melchizedek. That was Methuselah was the oldest person to ever live. And yeah, he decided. He said, already tagged his death, and re- before he even get to sixty-five to get his retirement. But here, Methuselah was nine hundred and sixty-five years old. Sixty-nine. Excuse me. And I thought Methuselah was the was the was the uh, individual, or was the oldest person to ever live. And I know that I'm not the only one who thought that. But you need to know <clears throat> whether you did or not believe what I just said. We all was wrong because his daddy Enoch is still alive. Come on. Look what I just said. His daddy Enoch is still God took him. Boy, if y'all don't see me next week and the week after, ain't nothing happened to old champ. Ain't nothing happened to Brother D. It's only because, because I walk with God. I got to get out of there. Enoch continued after 65 years to have sons and daughters and still walk with God. Enoch learned this about God. 
Enoch did this thing. Gee, glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, for he is the temple of the living God. He learned this thing way back in Genesis. 42 generations ago, he learned way back in Genesis that he was the temple of the living God at the age of 65 years old. And he remembered as God has said, I will dwell in him as Enoch. I will dwell in him as God. And them who believe like Enoch, I will save them from death like I did him. When he returned, when he turned 65 years old and that God will walk in him. Day. And God will be his God. Hey, and God will be the people of God hey, through the promises of the spirit of Enoch. Come on. How would you like it if God walked in you? Although Enoch had sons and daughters, he continued to walk with God in a way where he was fully persuaded that neither death nor life Huh? Nor the life that he was given through the flesh of his father Jared, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor persecution, nor any other cre creating thing, nor even, nor even, nor no one that he loved, the pope, the pastor, the priest, the bishop. The apostle, the preacher, the teacher, the sons, the daughters, the wife, the husbands, the children's children, the job, the car, the house, come on, the money, none of that. No amount of money can separate him from the love of God, which is Christ through the Holy Spirit, who is our Lord. See, it was not Christ Jesus, it was Christ and the Holy Spirit teaching him back then through our Lord God. He walked personally with God. He knocked in the scriptures, 521 to 24, he just started walking with God at the age of 65. What if we would take the 65-year-old gentlemen and ladies and individuals to start walking with God as he intended for us to do, what would it be like for us as the children of the living God? God desired for us to be a part of who he is as our father. I want to just thank God for blessing us over and over and over again. Because God does things for us that we don't even appreciate or even take knowledge of. Because God telling you and telling me that he can do what he called himself to do because he is God all by himself. I want to add these, these age up. Enoch daddy had him at the age of 65. Enoch daddy had him, excuse me, Enoch daddy lived. 600 in five years. But watch what he did in this thing here. When Jared was 162 years old, he birthed Enoch. 
And as Enoch continued to grow as a young man, when Jared was 100, was 638 years old, God took his son. So when he become 638 years, God took his son, but at the age of, 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 of 65 of his son, Enoch began to split his relationship with his father. He began to walk with God over his father. The scripture says, and Enoch at the age of 65, at 100, at 300, he began to have sons and daughters. So he left house. He left. Enoch is the classification of the regeneration from out of Matthews. But he didn't leave his mother, leave his father, leave his children. You hear what I'm saying? Let me see if I can find that. We studied that in the regeneration on the last episode. And he said, verse 19. Verse 28, and he says, Surely I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone, Enoch is the main one. Enoch is the seventh from the completion of God, is the main one. He says, and many, and, and, and everyone who has left house, Brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, land, for his namesake. So Enoch is the epitome of God's namesake. And his namesake is Christ. So Christ was with Enoch in the beginning when he left all his mom. He left his dad. He left his family. He, matter of fact, he had a relationship so good where he got him and his son Methuselah had to be raised by Jared, his grandfather, and therefore they wondered where the glory of God took this brother and took this son and took this uh, the uncle. Can you imagine Jared living uh, uh, 638 years later and wonder where his son went and had other sons and daughters? It took him years to have other sons and daughters. So, my brothers. At the age of 65, Enoch's testimony was so powerful with God that God was so pleased and people were still dying then. It never stopped. And God said, I, I want to walk with this man. I want to walk with this woman. I want to walk with this child. What if we teach our children? I want to walk with our children. Ah, glory. Someone who had to stand up. Being at age 65 is a blessing. I just wanted us to know at the age, that doesn't matter with God. He walked with God. My brother, God was so pleased with Enoch's testimony. He stopped him from tasting death. This message is real, whether you perceive it or receive it or not. If he did it for Enoch, he'll do it for you and I. 
Let's go to Hebrews. We'll go to Hebrews chapter. Hebrews chapter 11. We all know that. Let me find it. I had it marked already. All I got to do now is find. My brothers and sisters, what if God do the same thing for you and I as he did for Enoch? Because it's part of his promise. In Hebrews 11, look what it says. In Hebrews 11, my brothers and sisters, he says, now, the faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So Enoch hoped that God walked with him. And what he hoped for, God appeared. So if God walked in him and walked with him and took him, he had a chance to be with what he walked with, what he didn't see that was not appeared. When it appeared, oh, glory. It took 300 years to appear. But he left his father. He left the teaching of his pastor. He left the teaching of the Pharisee. He left the teachings of the Sadducee. He left the teaching of all this teaching that was taught, that was teaching. And he went right on ahead. And he fellowship with God for 300 years. I'm not asking for 300 years for you to fellowship with God. I'm asking you to take this one day and let God walk with you so you can fellowship with God for 300 days and ask for 300 years after 300 days is over. See, people are afraid or remotely can't comprehend living forever because they've been brainwashed with death. They've been taught something that was a lie. And the scripture says the lie would be the truth in these days, and the truth would be a lie. And the devil is a lie, even when the truth is being told. And he says, Our faith. He said, For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. So now we finna read in Enoch, uh, verse 11.5 in Hebrews. And by faith, Enoch was taken, was taken away so that he did not see death. Hey, he didn't see, he didn't taste death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. See, that's the testimony of the spiritual cuts ministry and the promise of our father Pat. He had this, he walked with God and death was afraid of him. To God say, I, I can take this one. Before he was taken, he had, so Enoch was actually speaking something in the presence of God before God took him. For 300 years. Gee. And the reason I use the 65, 65 is a blessing because if you are 65 and you hear this message and you are 65 and old and you hear this message and you are 65 and younger and you hear this message, how about he not being 65 and walk with God? Come on. Separate himself from his family. Enoch is the epitome of the regeneration class of people that God is searching for. Gee, glory, I got to get out of that. 
I want to read these next scriptures and I'm going to close with these next scriptures because Enoch received something that Abraham, Enoch received something that Moses, Enoch received something that the patriarchs did not receive because he was in another place with God when he received it. Let's read and I'm going to get out of here. And it reads in verse 6, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. Please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So like Enoch diligently seek God daily on a daily basis, at the age of 65, he received his reward, which was the promise. By faith, Noah, being divine, warned of things of yet seen, moved with godly fear, preparing ark for saving of his household, by which he had condemned his uh, had condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, eternal life, which is according to faith. See, faith is according to eternal life is according to the faith that you have in the testimony of God, not man. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he received an inheritance and he went out and knowing where, knowing not where he was going, he went. By faith, he did, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents where Isaac and Jacob and the heirs were him of the same promise. For he waited for the city in which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. A house that is made without hands is the builder and the maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to receive, to conceive seed. And she buried a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead who were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, Innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Watch this here. That's what I'm trying to get to. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Now we have to go to 1 John chapter 2. And huh? See, because we tying it together. Because you have to know why they didn't receive and what was the promise they didn't receive. Although they was granted the promise, but they didn't receive it. First John chapter 2 verse 25 says, and this is the promises that Abraham did not receive. And this is the promise that Sarah did not receive. And this is the promise that Noah did not receive. But this is the promise that Enoch received, that God has promised him eternal life at the age of 65 years old when he walked with God. And these things God said to us concerning those who are going to try to deceive you. They're going to think they're doing God a service by taking you from out of the synagogue and putting you from out of the body that was made without him. The builder and the founder is of God, the maker of all things that he created on the sixth day. Oh, brother, I'm going to call with Jude. Jude, verse 14. And it reads, now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesies of these about these men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with the thousands of his saints. The Lord is coming with the thousands of his saints over the age of 65. Because being 65, older, under, and yonder, with the age, he says that that is a blessing. 
take glory. Enoch was the completion of the promise on the seventh day. And when God had the rest on the seventh day, Enoch was the seventh from the, from the day of Adam. So Enoch is the completion of the promise of God resting. If he had a group of people that, would he, that he would find that would want to rest, there is a people of God who will rest in God. Not as into sleep, but as into the promise. Enoch was the seven. So Enoch was a picture of who we supposed to be as God's promise. Them guys didn't receive the promise, although there wasn't a fall from it. So God wants me to understand that, that 65 years of age is a blessing. But God wants me to let you know that being 65 years of age is not just a blessing. It's a new beginning in the sight of God. And this is the regeneration group of people who speaks the words of eternal life. Huh? In our age means nothing to God. God desired to hear what your testimony about his promise that he promised you. Will you continue to believe tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and we're not going to be here forever? Or are you going to believe in the testimony of Enoch? Hey, 65 years old. If he can do it at 65, you can do it at whatever age you're listening to this message at. Cry down. We have to break down the middle walls of separation through the spirit of the promise of God, huh? And I know that God promised us eternal life through his son Christ. Come on. Being the age of 65 or older or being under the age of 65 is a blessing when you start speaking the words of eternal life in the presence of God like Enoch did for 65, huh? Started at the age of 65 for 300 years. Come on. And I know you can do better than that. And he know you can do better than that. And he expect for you after hearing his message to do better than that. Teach your children. Teach your grandchildren. Teach your sons. Teach your daughters. Teach yourself. Hey. Thank God, even after he had sons and daughters, he continued speaking the words of eternal life. Being age 65 is a blessing. And glory, being under the age of 65 through the eternal spirit of God, knowing that you can live forever and that God promised you that you could. Taking away the bondage of separation. He released you from the bondage of death. Walk in the newness of life through the power of the promise of the God that we serve. Stop saying you love God and you're serving the devil at the same time. Shut up and sit down and stop telling people we all have to die and you love God. That's not the words of God according to Ezekiel. Because he has no pleasure in the death of the one who died. My brother, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. I pray that God bless you forever and continue to do the work of the ministry that he called you to. I pray that you hear this message and this message change and revolutionize your way of thinking and your thoughts about who God is. We love you here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast. Continue to tune in because we come in with more of what God has given us for. Amen. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.